Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of the Who Art Thou podcast. I'm your host, Barrett Carlin, and with me today, I'm delighted to have Ryan, the vocalist, and Dee on guitars of the band Salothurn. So Salothurn are an alt-metal band from Belfast. They're made up of uh, very experienced members in the heavy metal scene. Uh, they've been involved in some bands such as Involution, Electric Red, Annapurna, Tosca, and Mondo Generator, to name but a few. So uh, very, very, very talented individuals who made a fantastic EP called Servitude, which is what we'll be chatting about in full. It came out about a week and a half ago, and uh, it's fantastic. At the time of recording this episode, I had only heard the lead single off it, which is Sentience Phase, and I loved it. And since then, like, oh, it's just, it's a fantastic EP, three-track EP, well worth checking out. So obviously we'll be chatting about that EP in full, how the band came about, how they went into writing it, what themes were being explored in it, and all the musicality with it as well. And a bunch of other random questions that you know I normally ask in this podcast. But uh, yeah, no, it was an absolute pleasure chatting with Ryan and Dee. They're very, very fun to talk to. And I, it's a band that I'm very excited for to see live in 2024. I'm sure they're going to be fantastic. So uh, yeah, I'm going to get on with the episode. Here's the theme music by Zach Stevenson. Time. There we go. Um, all right. We're here for another episode of the Who Art Thou podcast. I'm with Ryan and D for Salothorn. Thanks, guys. Thanks very much for coming on. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you very much. Thanks for having us. Oh, no. Be here. I was but listening to the, the the single that you released there. I was like, this is fucking amazing. I didn't realize as well that the amount of great bands that you were comprised of. So if you want to just tell us how this band came about, like I, the, going through the list when you sent me, because you sent me over the press day, I was just like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, um, so, I, that, that's it. Um, Dee and I had been in Involution uh, many, many a year ago, a long time. It seems like a long time ago now. And, um, you know, post, post-Involution, you know, both went off and, and had other projects and things like that. I suppose like anything, you know, for drifted, drifted apart and, um, you know, went away, got, you know, had careers and, you know, family commitments and things like that. And I suppose, um, more, you know, a year or so ago, sort of, re, you know, over a year ago, reconnected, uh, and then sort of, they were saying, Oh, I've got some ideas. I've got some riffs. You want to lay some vocals down? And, um, <laughs> went to his, I went to his studio and the songs initially it was conceptualized as like a studio sort of project, but the songs, the riffs were so good. I was like, no, this is too, this is too good. We need a band. Um, <laughs> and I, you know, contacted Ross, uh, Ross Hunter or bass player who had been in, um, Annapurna and, and, and Tosca and things like that. And he, uh, was in contact with, with the, the, still in contact with the drummer, Marty, uh, and both guys agreed to come on board. And it just clicked instantly. It just made total sense. Uh, we needed a second guitar player. You know, like I'm a firm believer in the the twin guitar attack. So, you know, we had the four of us and <laughs> we'd had a bit of experience. So, I, you know, I'd been in Involution and a band called Electric Red. Ryan was in a band called Escape Fail. So we knew a lot of guys throughout the scene. We, we, we had a lot of contacts, but, you know, we needed to find a bunch of guys that were into the same sort of stuff. And, and obviously, you know, Ryan knew Ross and, you know, I'd actually, I'd, I'd seen Ross play a number of times and I'd seen Marty, our drummer, his old band. He was in a band called Arcane Suppression who were unreal. I remember being super impressed with them and this was like back in the early 2000s, but Ryan kind of brought it all together. And then we found Simon, who was 
you know, the ex Mondo Generator guitar player, yeah. which was to- totally cool. He, he, he was like a unicorn. We, we, yeah. uh, I think Ryan saw the ad on, you know, one of those musician sites, and it was a guy who was into all the same music as us. He had like, you know, it was a good mix of like 90s alternative and grunge, and then, uh, you know, like real connoisseur type metal. And we were like, wow, this guy's perfect. And he's, <laughs> you know, he's like a professional musician. And I think Ryan and Ross hounded him you know, for a while to try and get, get him to come down. And it wasn't so much an audition. You know, we weren't, weren't in that mode. The four of us had just been jamming. It was about this time last year, maybe, or, or December. Yeah. And he agreed to come down and, and just had a jam with us, you know, but sounding each other out. And it was... It was it, it was just, it, yeah, it just fit. It was just an instant fit. It was just, you know the connection was there from the start, uh, and the you know what he's what he's brought to the band in relation to his contributions of shaping the you know shaping the riffs, shaping the sound, shaping the style. You know, he's you know goes without you know. It's I think the record speaks for itself. Yeah, well, it's not exactly a bad thing to have like a Nickel Berry alumni with you. Ed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It never hurts. It's never hurts. There's a, there's a level of sort of. I don't think any of the four of us, despite having been played together for a long time in a lot of bands and bands that you know, like none of us had played at that that level. And he, you know, there's a level of sophistication that he helps that he helps bring mm. us a bit forward with, you know. Mm. And uh, like, what were kind of the uh, the influences going into writing the EP that you were drawing on and the themes? I mean, from a music perspective, I guess I would say, like, we start with the music, so I'll go first. Yeah. <laughs> um, he, Listen, there's a wide array of stuff that I listen to. It's primarily rock and metal. Like I started out as as a kind of a kid in the early '90s listening to thrash, but when the whole alternative scene kicked off with with grunge and then how metal progressed in the mid to late '90s, you know, a lot of that kind of whether it's Soundgarden, Alice in Chains, maybe bands like Prong, Corrosion of Conformity, then into stuff like Tool, Deftones, that kind of stuff, and that stuff's always stayed with me. I, I'm into modern bands too, like like Mastodon, and and although they're not very modern, they're like 20 years old now. But you know, <laughs> well, don't I, make I, me feel that, old. <laughs> Jesus Christ! I never even thought of that. <laughs> that was very formative for for me. So it's certainly what I go back to. You know that I'm playing, and then Ryan's voice. I think you know, like Ryan takes a, a an approach. I'll let you deal with that, Ryan. <laughs> so I mean, the the great thing I mean, D is sort of like the you know the ultimate writing partner for me. I think the riffs that he writes just resonate, you know, and always have um, with what I'm trying. I believe that songs almost have a voice of their of their own of themselves, and what my job as a vocalist is to try and is to try and capture that, and capture capture the emotion in the song um, and the temp, the, you know, the temper of that. So. Um, Lyrically, with this, you know, you, uh, you know, it's been a long time since I, I was in a band and I was writing lyrics. So there was a lot of experimentation around trying to capture uh, the themes that were going on. Um, so I suppose, and I didn't want to do the whole, oh, just write about yourself and write, you know, write about how you're feeling. I thought that was a real cop out. So I wanted to try and capture, you know, things that were going on in, in terms of, you know, the, the you know, the, the wider sort of Belfast experience, what it's like sort of at this point in time when when things are just sort of in this place of real frailty, things are beginning to fall apart. There's a lot of issues out there in relation to addiction, mental health, um, you know, personal suffrage. Um, and I wanted to try and bring those to the fore in this record, both through, you know, vocal delivery as well as vocal co- or lyrical content. So that was what I was reaching for. 
Um, and I think that's something that I'll continue develop on, uh, develop on as, as we're going forward as a, as a unit. Um, but I mean, from my own background, I mean, bands like, I mean, I love Alison Chains. I love the vocals of Alison Chains. Lane and Jerry's sort of play and harmonies, I think are absolutely fantastic. Um, and it's something that I've always wanted to be able to do. And, and, and I've always wanted to have a backing vocalist, even though on the record, I always do it. You know, I do both. I do my own mm. vocals and then and the harmonies. Um, but I also love the, the, you know, the real gruff uh, and harsh delivery of, of other bands. You know, again, I think um, Mastodon have a, uh, you know, they, they bring a real aggression um, vocally. Uh, and again, vocal styles have progressed so much. I mean, um, you know, there's that harsh. So there's the, there's the more harsh and, and, and dirty sounds that you have with sort of grunge. Then you have, you know, those those really distorted vocals and growls and screams you get with the likes of Deathcore and things like that, which uh, which I'm always impressed by. I think are fantastic. I just <laughs> um, don't know if, you know, it just doesn't fit with what with the emotion that I'm trying. We're trying to convey, I think, in our in our music. I think one of the things is, you know, not that we've been in the game a long time, but we've been listening to music and stuff a long time. And you, and you can only do what feels right and what you're good at, you know. And, and if you try and do anything outside that, I think it comes off as either not very good or a bit funny. Try already. Basically, we've, I think we've sort of found our niche and we, we know what we're kind of good at. So we've just sort of honed in on it. That makes yeah. sense. No, that makes sense. But the like, like in terms of production, because the songs sound fantastic. The first single there that you released, what was it like going into record it for the first time, having not done that in a while? But do you know what? Like, basically, when I I stopped playing, kind of with with a band, probably in about 20, 2011, 2010, 2011. So I, I probably hung up the guitar for like a year and didn't do anything. And slowly, I got back into it. And it was basically I had a good gaming PC, so it was like. Well, I could double up as as like a little studio. I got myself Ableton. Um, friend of mine helped me helped me learn it, and then it was just a case of you know sticking down guitar riffs, and then it was arranging them, and then it was programming drums. So I think from that perspective, I kind of I, I built up to go into the studio to record it. And as we were getting close to putting the band together a year ago, I had said to Ryan, Ryan, I've got all these these ideas. Do you just want to come down and and lay some ideas? We started out with. We did a couple of covers just to get Ryan back in the swing. So we did like I'd recorded a full Black Sabbath cover on guitar. Nice. <laughs> so Ryan came in and did that. We did a cover of a band who were from Newton Ards back in the nineties called MMP. MMP. They were like, they were like <laughs> an alternative metal band back then. So we, we did that cover just to get us back in the swing, and then we tackled just some ideas for the riffs, and it was just really fun. And then I think it was like after we'd done that. And we got the band together, the next logical steps to go into the studio. And in terms of like how that was all brought together, like it was was Simon from a, a sonic perspective. We just provided the, the musical voice, as it were. Yeah. Um, so just, I mean, I build it off on what Dee was saying. I mean, it had been a long, the same as Dee, it had been a long time um, since I had seriously put out any any music. Um, but, you know, I think... The last band I was in, um, I was doing like swing and blues covers in a universe just to get beer money when I was in uni. You know what I mean? That wasn't that wasn't today. Gotta get by. <laughs> gotta get by. I know, but um, you know, my heart's always been my heart's always been in playing, you know, playing alternative and you know alternative metal and and, and heavy music. But you know, when Dee was saying about coming up to do some uh, to, to try out some ideas and lay some vocals over, you know, over his riffs, there was there's that trying to reconnect with with your voice um and there was a lot of 
you know, that sounds, you're, you're trying to sound like Rob Zombie. You're trying to sound like this guy. You're trying to, you know, you're trying to sound like Phil Anselmo. Um, we went through a period uh, where the, the, the mantra was, what would Carl Middleton Carl Middleton, he's a, he's a vocalist from a band called Earthtone, well, a lot of bands, but Earthtone 9 predominantly, and I think he's a fantastic vocalist. You know, his versatility and range, I just think is great. So, you know, that became a gateway to try and reconnect to my, to my own vocal style, my own mm. voice, uh, and again, go into the... Brian, we remember we, we listened to some of our... We went back to... Oh, we went back? That's right, and we went back and listened to old stuff. We talked about the old EPs, and we went through them, and we were just, I was kind of like... I, although a guitar player acting as producer and going right, right. Do you remember this? Can we can we channel that? And it was like just right. revisiting that old music. It was like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I get you, and, and I think that helped as well. <laughs> well how, when did, was the it, last time you would have listened to any of that? Actually, just out of curiosity. Oh goodness! I haven't listened uh, to it since, it, since it came out. Probably. Yeah. Like, oh I, wow! I, I, okay. I had, I had the, that must have been this, a trip. This is pretty funny. <laughs> I had the a guy contacted me about getting a copy of our first EP because my email address was maybe still the same, uh, something like that. And he emailed me and I was like, man, you're not going to believe this, but I don't actually have a copy of this. I'll have to try and track down a copy. And then we, Ryan put out something on social media and we did that a guy who, as a fan of the, it, might have been Richard Troop, was it? Oh, Ryan, yeah, he had a collection of old yeah, games. He was a flak rip that then oh, we have. Other than that, we, we didn't we didn't have the first We had the second, so... After all that, we were able to revisit it, but we hadn't probably since a lot of it came out, I don't think. Yeah, certainly. We hadn't, I hadn't listened to it for, for a long time. So, as I said, it really helped to, to, to reconnect to the voice and the sound that I was looking for. Um, and then going into, you know, going into Bootown with, with Simon behind the desk. I mean, it was a, it, it was a tough, it was a tough day. Um, it was the longest I had sang for years. I think it was seven or eight hours in the vocal oh, booth. Jesus. Just, you know, and I was, kind of, I was going, there's no way my voice is going to hold up. There's no way, but somehow he got me, he got me through it. We did all three tracks. <laughs> a lot of caramel you know, tea. The day, a lot of a ginger, ginger and honey tea. Ginger and honey tea. Yeah. <laughs> I swear in the studio, I think as well. Like yeah. he wanted it, you know, it was just like I said, we just want to try and be relaxed and have a good time, you know, like not putting pressure on us, which which was good because you know the way sometimes when you're in there and you're on the clock and you know, people want to clock off, you're kind of <laughs> like uh, <laughs> this is tough. I'm under a lot of pressure. <laughs> Yeah, no, Simon was Simon was really he, he was really relaxed behind the desk, really relaxed about what he was trying to what he was trying to get, and you know there was no sense of urgency. It was just like take your time. You do this when you do this. You know if you want to if you want to take a break if you want to go back if you, you know and even having that re- really relaxed attitude uh, and not feeling that pressure and that rush. There was no I didn't need to take a you know there was no need to step back from the mic. I think I was once I started recording, with the exception of going to make. Uh, my uh, ginger and honey tea. Shout out the twinings. Uh, that was that was it all. That was it all day. Uh, now this this EP will be out um, obviously because it's it's out on Friday, isn't it? It's out this Friday, mm-hmm. so be out next week. Yeah. But I'm just wondering because it's out now. What, what are the songs that like uh, come to you straight away when you think of it? Like that you're like, oh yeah, that was this one's the best, <laughs> or your favorites? It's kind of hard to know when you just write something and then just talking about it, but. I think we all have identified a different song as our as our favorite. So I lean immediately towards Sentience Fades. I think yeah. lyrically, 
Um, you know, it's the first it's the first track to come off it, but lyrically, I think it's it's the strongest. Um, that sort of exploration of life through death and the, and the grieving process um, was something that was going yeah, has been playing through my mind a, a, a lot. Um, and I think um, vocally, I think it's a, I think it's a great track. I think it's a great melody. I think it's a fantastic riff. So for me, Sentience fades. I think is the is the go to, but I know Days is different. No, I, like I, I like them all for different reasons. Obviously, like I think you know, War is quite a snappy and short track, and I, I, like sometimes when you're putting stuff together, I, there was a bit of an intention of trying to make something that was quite short and succinct, and that's what War was. And I like it for that. I also like that you know the title track Servitude. Just I like some of the the, the guitar riffs, the the way things play off each other. So, so that kind of sense for me. But I think we're I'd almost say that we, we almost all agree that's sentience fades is maybe one of our favorites and that's why we kind of led with it and that's mm, why yeah. we put like a put like a video visualizer type thing on youtube just so so people had something to, to watch while they were were listening to it that was mildly representative and the reason we did it for that track is because i think we were all in agreement this is maybe a lead single so so let's go with that but they're all favorites for different reasons like you couldn't pick a favorite child you know <laughs> <laughs> you can't uh, when you yeah, one. i was about to say you can't <laughs> Uh, what, uh, what song was the hardest to write actually just out of curiosity um, lyrically or musically uh, we could do both <laughs> uh, musically, you can, oh lyrically oh, the, no no contest hands down the, the title track Servitude was I had so many walls with that uh, you know with writing that song um, I think there was a it was the first first of the, it was the first song that I was that I had tried to write in a lot of years so I'd started it I, I'd left it I'd come back to it I changed it um I changed it back there was you know I think mel- the melody was there pretty much immediately um but then I, I, I think I got in my I got in my head too much with it. I kind of thought oh I, I'm trying to replicate this vocalist I'm trying to re- replicate this lyricist and um, when I sat down to try and figure out what it was that I wanted to write about there was a real sense of conflict in what I was trying to say and what I was trying to communicate. And I, 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 that was a real barrier to kind of get through. Um, but once I sort of, once I sort of cracked the shell of it and I have to say Ross was fantastic and being able to bounce ideas and, and bounce lines and things off, you know, um, we had a working Google document where everyone was like, yeah, I get where you're going with this. I see where you're going. I, I also like to, I also like to write, in double entendre so I like to write songs that you know people go oh it's about this and I'm like no it's not it's about something totally <laughs> different because uh, I had friends that I just shared the lyrics with they were like oh this is you know this is cognitive dissonance this is about the, you know this I'm like no it's really not it's not about that at all um, so you know trying to put all those things together that was that was the most that was the most taxing and challenging and difficult but at the same time enjoyable because once I was over that hump um, the rest were really easy and do you for yourself and, musically? Yeah, like if if I'm honest, you know, Sendian's Fades is, is a riff and an idea that's been kicking about with me for years. I have an early demo of it that sounds it sounds like almost shoegaze trip hop type metal. It, it sounds more like something like Digital Bath by the Deftones than it does what it, what it sounds like in its current form. And I think what happened there is bringing that into the band and the guys and 
and you know like expanding upon it you know like marty our drummer just had this real sense of how the main riff should go and it just changed the entire intonation of the song like there's this kind of ja, 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 kind of phrasing and, and, and the gap and what that did was it just opened the riff up a bit more and then it changed the, the complexion of the song and it wasn't that it was difficult to write it was just one of these songs that for me you know it's been around in, in riffs and ideas and in early demos for six years but it only really came to fruition when we all came together into its final form and you know it was actually a, a much shorter song and we added it, these extra kind of bits and the the kind of segue at the end that we call the kind of grungy or emotional bit, you know, that mm. all just came after with, with the jam with the rest of the guys. So we wouldn't have said that it was, it was difficult, but it was just a really long evolution to get there with the song. Conversely, like a song like War was, you know, I sat down and it's like, like I'm, I'm really going to try and write something that's short and to the point. And, and it actually flowed out quite easily. Yeah. So uh, my next question was, uh, where did the band name come from? Oh, you can yeah, take this so, one day. So again, whenever, you know, it goes back to my kind of Ableton days when I was just doing demos and you kind of, when you're I was putting stuff together to let friends hear it, then you just kind of got to give it a name. And I remember seeing, seeing a picture of a, of a town in Switzerland and it was called Salothan. And I was just like, like I was acting as a solo artist, I guess, at the time. You know, because I was just recording me in my, my bedroom and I was like, solo turn, you know, uh, they didn't even know how to pronounce it correctly. And I was like, yeah, that kind of sounds cool, kind of sounds dark. It's a single word. All the all the good single word band names are taken. <laughs> and and then, you know, when I read about the town, it was pretty cool. And, you know, it had all this history and stuff. And I was just like, Do you know what? That's a good name. I'll just use that. And I, I just was, was calling the demos. You know, the band was Salothern and... I was giving them these kind of silly track names, which incidentally not allowed to do anymore in case of the no, overly right. influence. <laughs> the, the, the Can you hit us up with one? <laughs> um, uh, Sargasso fade is what sentience fades, fades all, became originally okay. called, and it got the name from I don't know if you ever played Rainbow Six. The I have yeah yeah Rainbow Six yeah, Vegas so, Two was the big game that I played nonstop. <laughs> But back the the one I got that was one of the name of one of the maps back in the '99 release Rainbow Six Rogue Spear. It's called Sargasso Fades, and I just thought, wow, that sounds so cool. I want to have a song called that, and it's a lot of Sargasso Fades, and, and there you go. Nice. Um, yeah. Then the, so when we were coming up with the we were trying, we you know Salothern was became almost like a, a working name for the band, and we were trying to come up with different names and nothing sounded as cool like just you know we really wanted to try and have just one uh one word that you know hadn't been used before because every all these bands now is like a it's, a, it's almost like a sentence and we wanted yeah, to avoid yeah, yeah. that but with the more we looked into the history of the town and things like that i mean it's connections with with baroque art you know and i'm a huge fan of caravaggio um, nice. and and the, the dark imagery there and I was fascinated. It has this numerical connection that with to the to the number eleven, where the clocks only the clocks in Solothurn only go to eleven. What? Uh, if you, yeah, if you Google it, you'll see them. It's amazing. In the the cathedral has eleven altars and all this. I was like, that is phenomenal. I love. I you know I that's, love the. And that totally connection. ties in with Spinal Tap. Solothurn goes to eleven. Goes to 11. <laughs> <laughs> <That's so cool. laughs> 
so yeah so Lothar once we once we realized that I was like yeah that has to be the name, has to be the name. We, we had a discussion with it but you know I know like we did I said listen guys if we can come up with a better name let's do it but if, if we can't <laughs> no, then there was no it. match <laughs> um what's the metal scene like in Belfast at the moment actually because it's been a while since I've been up and I don't think I've ever been to a metal gig in Belfast either We'll have to rectify that. We'll get you up. <laughs> nice. Absolutely. <laughs> you know what, man? There seems to be in all, as I was saying, but you know, in all my ignorance, it's been a long, you know, there's been there's obviously been gigs I've gone to and, and local bands that I've caught. Um, but in all my ignorance, not as many as I would have I would I would like. Um I tune into oh, yeah. a lot of the local scene on on Bandcamp and Spotify. But you know, there's some fantastic bands in in Belfast at the minute. But you know Oh Neil um, I think are Belfast, aren't they? Or at least they're up north anyway. They are, yeah. Yeah, yeah. they are indeed. They are indeed. Yeah, I've seen um, those guys a couple of times. You know, I think what's happened is... Those guys are terrifying live, by the way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're, they're, they're wild. And I love the way the name is absolutely the opposite of what it yeah, sound like, yeah. <laughs> but, like, I think what's what's kind of happened is, I wouldn't say that it, that it's fractured or become siloed, but it's just a lot of little... You know, there isn't a single metal scene. I don't think in Belfast anymore as as how we would have known it back in the, yeah, early back in the day. Mm. It's almost like little little pockets of different bands. Now there is some cross pollination, but for instance, you'll have a band like Nomadic Rituals. I don't know if you've heard of those. I've guys. heard of them. Yeah, they're great. Yeah, they're, they're brilliant. I'm a big fan. Um, you know, and, and that's how I saw Unyielding Love. I think they were playing together with those guys. And you'll have that kind of spacier type, you know, really heavy sound from those guys. But then you also bring in a band like Space Shepherds and, and they'll all, you know, who are more probably like a Hawkwindy type proposition, but it's very much this kind of big sound, long songs, really, really, you know, doomy, really sludgy, that kind of stuff. And then conversely, you'll have, you know, stuff that verges on metalcore and it'll be its own little scene. And then you'll have like the more extreme type stuff with like black metal. So I think the scene's really, really healthy. Healthy. What one of the things Good is... To hear. Mm-hmm. It, it's where we kind of fit in, and in, in that overall thing is the you know I don't think I don't think there's a lot of bands that that sound like us. You know we're not we're not an extreme metal band, but we're still very much a heavy band. Mm. Um, so 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 it's interesting, and there's a lot of cool bands in all this, like Grave Path from like the the heavier end of the spectrum, and even you know in terms of we wouldn't call them lighter bands, but there's a good you know like shoegaze scene and that kind of stuff. Yeah. You can yeah. Also, the music is good in Belfast. Yeah, you know, it's never been better. Maybe. Yeah, I think that's. I think a day has has hit it completely on the head. It's not that there is strictly one metal scene. It's you know the way it would have been when we were you know younger and playing together. It was you know now there there is defined metalcore scenes, shoegaze scenes, you know, uh, hardcore scenes, which is fantastic that there's so many you know fantastic great musicians and great bands. Um, there's a lot of guys doing a lot of great, a lot of great things, and, and a lot of guys that were on the scene, you know, back in the day when D and I, you know, D and I were doing it. It's it's fantastic. Some of those guys are still playing. We're we'll hopefully gig with them, you know. <laughs> I'll be like nothing has happened in twenty years. You know, they're still hammering away. Yeah, it's like you know, Sky, <laughs> I think Sky, it's like Sky Citizens and Sky Pilot. Yeah. Sky Pilot are still doing their thing. You know, Ian from Stand Up Guys now in now in Hint. Yeah, Hint uh, sorry, Mickey from Spindrift seven and a half tons of beard. Um, seven, I've so seen yeah. them before. They're brilliant. Seven oh Athens of Beer. God, they're so good. Awesome, really good fantastic. band. Yeah. <laughs> I'm looking forward. Hopefully, going to see them on a, you know, in a fortnight's time in the Limelight. See them on the 25th. Nice. I've, um, believe it or not, I've yeah. never been to the Limelight venue. I've heard it's a fucking unreal. <laughs> I know. I heard it's great. I've never been to it. 
It is. We played a number of times. Now, not the newest, the latest kind of version of it. I don't know if we've played. We've played in the building, but not under its current decor type thing. But it's it's been a mainstay of live music in Belfast since the late 80s. Like, you yeah. know, Oasis before they hit big played there. I think Deftones played their first ever Irish show. You know, it's seen some killer shows over the years. Oh, imagine yeah, some, some fantastic bands. Like that. <laughs> I know it's crazy the amount of the amount of bands that have, that have played Belfast, you know, smaller venues in Belfast, and then gone on to blow up. I mean, Biffy Claro played Auntie Annie's, you know, back in back in the day. You know, <laughs> Green Day played Gyros. Gyros. This is the part where I ask you like just random questions. I'd ask you to bar. This podcast started because I would just annoy bands after shows questioning about stuff so that's that's that that's genuinely true so uh that's what we're that's what we're, we're keeping the ethos of that um what was the first and last album you ever bought so first the first album, album ever, <laughs> oh, i was i was in there first i hit the buzzer um first album i ever bought uh in cassette it was michael jackson's bad album nice and the last album i ever got was celestial by isis oh nice very very nice have they changed their name yet actually they're, they're called sumac i think sumac? No, oh yeah sumac it's, yeah yeah it's not all the guys from isis but i think it's a couple of them you know yeah. sumac um, are still very good as well so the, the first album I bought with my own money, I used to copy tapes all the time as a kid. <laughs> the first album I bought with my own money was Megadeth's Peace Sells, but who's buying? And I was nice. like, I could, in the hope that I'd be asked this question someday and I had a <laughs> cool answer. Because <laughs> I had tons of albums, but it was the first one I, I bought with my own money. I was like 13. Um, and then the last album I bought, that's a really good question. I probably... I probably bought something. Yeah, this this thing. It's called the Executive Lounge. It's like old, late nineties, well, two thousand and one hip hop. I, I buy oh, a lot cool. of I buy a lot of stuff on on eBay that you just can't get anywhere else. Like that's not on Spotify. It's not on YouTube. Oh, um, sick. Yeah, yeah. So I buy a lot of that sort of stuff on on eBay. Not not new stuff. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's funny you mentioned you mentioned Megadeth and just with the Northern connection. My dad was there the night that um, inspired Holy Wars. Yeah, and uh, he was drinking. It's eleventh of May, nineteen eighty-eight. That was my my birth my seventh birthday. (laughs) But he 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 remember he he told me this story years ago of just this woman that was on like psychedelics with a steel cone trying to stab people outside the show. And he was like, it was definitely a Man of War show. And then the whole fucking gig erupted in chaos. And I was just like, where the hell was this? And he goes, Antrim. And then we were watching a documentary over COVID with him. I was watching like a Megadeth documentary. It's just some YouTube thing that somebody put together. But they mentioned that. And my dad goes, holy fuck, I was at that. I was like, you said it was a Man of War show. And he goes, no. I was like, you know, you were there for one of the most famous thrash yeah, metal songs Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah it inspired Rustin, well, Pete and... Uh, Holy Wars, the Holy Wars. maybe the whole album, rest in peace. You know? Well, he told me the whole the whole sto- like story. He says, I remember it being there and he goes, it was chaos from start to finish anyway, like even before anything goes. But he remembers just your man saying something on the stage and just the whole gig just went into complete pandemonium. I was like, do you know what he said? He goes, no, he said, this one's for the cause. And I was like, and he goes, that will do it. <laughs> that would have that that, that done it. <laughs> some stage, yeah, apparently some it was like, Moses is part of the Red Seas, you know, like the, the crowd just split into two audiences and they went for it. Yeah. 
nearly burnt the whole place down. <laughs> you know, I would like the, the funny thing is, like growing up, obviously you hear about all these shows later, and you're like, what? Yeah. Like Megadeth played the place where people go swimming for PE in primary school. You know? <laughs> <laughs> And he started a riot. Wow, I, just started a riot. I just love yeah. the fact that he woke up the next day in like an armored bus and uh, who whatever was like, do you know what you did last night? He goes, drink. I was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> he did more than that. Yeah. Um, uh, current go-to music, actually. You can start there, Dave. That's going to be a long list okay, for you. Well, yeah, listen, long like list I, I listen to a lot of stuff outside of metal, so I like to chill and to focus when I'm in work and you know when I need to to, to really drill into something I'll listen to a bit of like drum and bass like mm-hmm. LTJ Bookham and Fotech type stuff but in terms of metal like I'm really into a band called PSOTY or Soddy they used to be called Pet Slimmers of the Year but it's like a post-metal sound if you're into ISIS oh, they're yeah, really yeah. really good they, they put an album out like they're in a relatively new band the album's probably about four years old now but it's phenomenal i just go back to it continually okay good so i gotta give that a go it's just, it's like isis stuff is it because i do love isis it's, they're fantastic yeah it, it, like imagine like a, a an instrumental post-rock version of isis all right okay i'll check that out for sure the amount the list i have of bands on the of, of bands to listen to from this podcast is outrageously <laughs> not just they're very good <laughs> You'll definitely, you'll definitely enjoy, you'll definitely enjoy Saudi. Uh, they're, they're an absolute go-to. Um, I kind of go through phases. So uh, again, there'll be things, you know, I, uh, I, I ice bath every morning. So when I'm in my ice bath, I'm like, uh, I'll have like, I'll, you know, I'll have like a meditation playlist going, but that's like my every day that starts my day every day, but then it'll change. Like if I'm in work, it'll be, you know, Saudi or Black Sabbath or Alice in Chains or Soundgarden. Um, and when I'm when I'm home in the studio, it'll be like ISIS or Mastodon, or, you know, things that you know are usually like you know. I was going to say guilty pleasure, but it's not. They're my favorite band. I love Pantera, uh, <laughs> you know, and I I literally have the works of Phil Anselmo over on my CD rack. So I've got like uh, Pantera, Down, Scar, um, you know, pretty much everything that Phil has yeah. has ever sang on is sitting over there. <laughs> so that's my, sorry, my go-to's. Are you going to really go Pardon? Sorry. I, no, you're all good. I, Phil and Selma are playing just, download, I think, as Pantera. Pantera, yeah. yes, they're they're yeah. doing download next year. Um I don't know if I, I, I would love to see they're a band. I would love to see they're definitely a bucket list band. I don't know if I would face download to, to do it. Fifty euro a ticket. <laughs> I, yeah. Um, <laughs> 50 pounds I must, a ticket. Uh, much wait until I'd rather wait until they're doing their own, hopefully doing their own headline show. They do have an Irish date to make up for. Oh, do they? Um, yeah, they'll never, they I do. saw Pantera back in the day. It'll never yeah, be the same. Yeah, yeah. So I had to bring it to you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the trouble with us youngins, Dean. But that's another, just Ryan's poster in the background just remind. like for some reason, I just went back and started revisiting Danzig's discography recently yeah and the first three albums with, with john christ are are absolutely unreal and just just going through that again i've just binged on that which is something else that like that i'm loving at the minute because it doesn't really sound like anything else that's that, that, that's out there mm. i've yeah. haven't actually done a deep dive i was a big misses fan for a while but i haven't done a big uh dancing uh, dive now do a little of this everybody knows the song mother which is fantastic 
but uh, yeah. you should probably check it out. I remember a friend of mine's sister Dan- was Dancing wearing a one. Mis- Dancing one is just head after head. I mean, the whole oh, album. The first is- three, the first three are, are solid. You know, a song like anything is almost like a mother part two. Does he still release music under Danzig, or is he? Because he was no, back. He does, but. He just kinda, released an Elvis, an Elvis cover album. Oh, I remember that. Yeah, I do remember that actually. I haven't like, listened to that either. Pivoted. He kind of pivoted. Like you know, he, he went off on industrial for the like the fifth album, Black Acid Devil, yeah. and, and kind of continued almost down that path. And it was just never as good as that early kind of bluesy dark rock that he was doing with Sam Sawin or Samian and then Danzig. Yeah. Was he doing like what, like a Rob Zombie thing? Was he at one point or? Oh, like oh that's he was doing a Rob Zombie thing before Rob Zombie was doing. Yeah, Rob I suppose Zombie. that's true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Very true. <laughs> so when 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 Rob Zombie was probably still in White Zombie and they just released Astro Creep, I think that that's when Danzig kind of put out Black Acid Devil and, and went this more industrial path, you know. Hmm. Uh, current. Uh, well, sorry. What's the most underrated band at the moment? Do you think? And you can't say yourselves. Because every band fucking says every band says that you can't say yourselves. I'm sick of that answer. <laughs> on the on the local scene or the international scene? We could do both. Nice giving people shout outs. Oh, the most underrated band. Listen, I'm gonna I'm gonna go back to that band. Sorry. They like honestly, yeah. The, the amount of Instagram followers that they don't have is criminal. Like <laughs> they they are until after this call, man, you've got to jump on and check them out. They are absolutely unreal. Are they Irish? Um, no, I think no, they're from English. maybe I was gonna say Nottingham. I think they're from somewhere around there, maybe in the Midlands, but they're, they're English and they're they're just you know self self-released like ourselves. I, I think you know the, the sort of guys all with day jobs, so they're trying to fit this in around lives and careers. So they've only put two albums out maybe in the last ten years, but they're so good. Yeah, Saudi are definitely an underrated band. Uh, underrated local bands. Every Irish band, as far as I'm concerned, is criminally underrated. <laughs> yeah. I think we have the strongest. I think we have one of the strongest metal and alternative scenes, um, and have done, you know, for 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 many a year, and it's criminally overlooked. Oh, I completely agree with you. Even look at what's going on in Cork at the moment and all that kind of stuff. It's like like Dublin where, you know, we get quite a bit, but outside like Galway is having some fantastic bands coming from it. Obviously Belfast yourselves and Cork and everything. It's it's kind of ridiculous how much good bands you could see at any given weekend. Like, uh, Absolutely. I mean, it really, you know, from experience, you know, 20 years ago, it would have been, you know, you had the, the hubs of sort of Belfast and, and Dublin. And now, you know, you've got Belfast, Dublin, Limerick, Cork, Galway. You've got these scenes popping up everywhere that are so, so strong. A band, you know, fantastic bands coming from coming from all over. Mm. Uh, yeah, it's it's criminally underrated. Limerick as well, like Tombs are fantastic. I don't know if you ever listened to Tombs, T-O-O-M-S. T-O-O-M-S, yeah, yeah, yeah. Brilliant band. And obviously Steiners, we were talking about them before the episode yeah, started, yeah, yeah. from brilliant band too. Um, we're actually going to Limerick on the 16th of December. That'll be our first show. Oh, really? No way. Well, yeah. which, uh, which venue is it? Oh, so that's a word. Pharmacia. Is it Pharmacia? <laughs> nice. <laughs> there was yeah, just so a fantastic just be- there recently, actually. Yeah, we just thought it'd be interesting to kind of like you can go and play Belfast to, to your mates and your friends, your family, whatever. And it's not like, well, get out of our comfort zone, go to the other end of the island and play to a bunch of people we don't know with a b- bunch of bands we don't know and, and see what Test it's yourselves. like. Just, like yeah. 
yeah, why not? Um, yeah, so we're looking. That's going to be our. That's going to be our live debut. We're looking forward to it. Pharmacy first, you know, um, Salothran's first first gig. So it's going to be, um, yeah, it's going to be fantastic. <laughs> if anyone's listening from Limerick, strongly encourage you to get down. Uh, but yeah, I see that the pharmacy hosted the was the nutshell was it the, the nutshell, nutshell thing? Yeah, 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 they hosted yeah, yeah. that. Some fantastic um, bands playing at it. It looked like it was a great lineup. So no, very, we're very much looking forward to getting down and getting down and playing. Um. What's uh what oh actually I love asking metal bands this question. What do you think which album do you think has the best guitar tone? Oh that's a that's a deep question. <laughs> let, let, I'm gonna go there's a myriad of answers to this, right? <laughs> <laughs> because it, it, do you mean the the guitar tone that the guitar sound that I would love to emulate, which which might be something like a, a crowbar or you know, crow's like conformity deliverance, or there's what I think is like the epitome of, of great tone and you might like get slated for this, but John Sykes is one of my favorite guitar players of all time. Thin Lizzy, White oh, Snake. Nice, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so he, he, his album uh, with White Snake slided, not slided in. He did he re-recorded slided in, but the 1987 album has some killer guitar tone. Like it's just the epitome of of rock guitar, like tasteful, sublime, chunky everything but i and then when i grew up in the, the 90s i think for me as a child machine heads burn my eyes that oh, yeah. guitar tone <laughs> that that 5150 absolutely overdriven was killer so <laughs> it, it, it depends on the application <laughs> god i love machine hood uh they're um, playing download as well actually <laughs> for the headline oh, are the they line headliners? Their headlines, them, because people were given. Oh, they're one of the headliners because people were given out that there was no metal bands on the he, on the headliner because it was Queens of Stone Age, um, Event, Event Sevenfold, and Fallout Boy. Yeah, and I don't know if you've listened to. I the, I used to be a huge Event Sevenfold fan, but their last two albums, I was like, what is what is this? Who's this for? <laughs> there, no, there were never there were never a band that I really got into. I think there's. I don't know. I think their third album. I think they were a band that I think they had some strong singles, but I never really got into them. See, I was like a little emo kid when I was younger, so they were kind of like the emo metal band that everybody liked, if that makes sense. So that was kind of yeah. They're kind. They were a gateway band for sure for a lot of people, I think. But um, best. uh, Okay, well, well, you've been on it for a while, so I'll finish up and uh, won't keep your time any longer. What was the what's the best live band you've ever seen? What is with these questions, dude? Oh my god! <laughs> Best. Where do you where do you start? I've seen some fantastic. You know, I've seen some fantastic. Uh, the, the, I told I you there are questions I ask. I, I, have have I have three answers here quickly. I'll, I'll quick fire. Right, Pantera, Unreal, <sighs> Tool on the Lateralis or Ten Thousand Days tour were absolutely untouchable. And interestingly, Metallica back in '98 when they played the Point, it, it oh, wasn't sorry. in the it wasn't an in the round show. It was your standard, you know, like gig at the front of the hall. Everyone like they were still. It was the '90s. They were still on it, and it didn't diffuse the energy like the in the round show does. Mm. But so they're probably kind of like my, my my top three. Um, Metall- was 98 Metallica was that with Crucial Conformity supporting or with Monster Magnet no, Monster Magnet so that show that, so, the, so the 98 Metallica show on the point was the first time I saw them and to this day is one of the best gigs I've ever been to uh, Tool on the Lateralis tour at Pontchastown Race, Racecourse uh, on the Tool Fest and <laughs> uh, Machine Head in the Mandela Hall when they blew the PA 
Uh, and then they just turned the monitors around and started playing like Creeping Death and, and <laughs> a lot of Sepultura <laughs> covers and stuff. That, they, they're three phenomenal shows. I've never heard of that last show. They, they, they blew the PA. <laughs> that is a thing of local legend. Yeah, I think they either blew the PA or someone spilled beer over the mixing desk. But anyway, whatever happened, <laughs> the, 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 the thing got fried. The band walked off stage. Then Rob Flynn comes back on, explains that the, the PA has gone down and, you know, they could either, you know, t- stop the show early or they would just turn the monitors around and and see how things, you know, see how the rest of the night played out, basically. And they just did like a Pantera medley, you know, a Metallica medley, Sepultura covers. It was phenomenal. It was absolutely phenomenal. <laughs> and then, <laughs> uh, because it was the, my first time seeing him, uh, Down playing the Mandela Hall was also um, was also. Oh phenomenal. wow! Yeah, that would, that would be very very fun. I'm gonna have to chip in with the Miller here. Then there was uh, Isis <sighs> in a place called the Black Fox. That was absolutely the black box is like it never really put that many bands on. It's just like a small room, and ISIS filled the place. It was on their final tour, oh. uh, and like my wife and I hadn't been going out that long, and uh, it was the first metal show I ever took her to. And I'm always like, I wanted to. She wasn't really a, a rock chick or a metal chick, and I was yeah. like, I'm gonna make Trial sure by fire. the first show <laughs> is gonna be amazing. And it was like this sweat box in the black box. It was absolutely insane. Really, really good. So. You know what? There you go. There's four, four good, <laughs> some very, very good ones. But we can uh, guys, sit here going back and forth all we night. Could, yeah. <laughs> but guys, we're at the end of the episode, so um, if you want, this is the part where you get to plug everything. But obviously, the EP will be out when this comes out, but on um, the show. So if there's anything else you want to plug before we send off. Uh, no, I don't think so. At this point, just uh, the EP will be out. It comes out on the the seventeenth of November, and then it's available on all streaming platforms: streaming platforms. Apple Music, Spotify, uh, Bandcamp. So your your platform of choice, it will be on there, and you'll be able to, to also check out videos and visualizer on on YouTube. And um, then we've got um, the gig coming up in Pharmacia and in Limerick on the sixteenth of December. Other than that. That's that's twenty. Watch watch this space. That's twenty twenty three. Watch this space for twenty four. You let, let me oh, be the first to know about that Dublin show in twenty twenty four. But yeah, well, the uh, Instagram's the biggest one. Absol Othern band, and that that is us. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> all, right. all right guys well seriously it's been an absolute pleasure having you on thank you so much for coming on and chatting with me for the hour and the break of that zoom uh, hiccup but uh <laughs> that's, it's, it's, really, no it's been an absolute pleasure thank you so much no problem thank you very much for, for, for inviting us on it's been a blast no have a good one so that is our episode for this week. I want to give a quick thank you again to Dee and Ryan for coming on and chatting with me. It really was a pleasure and the EP is fantastic. It's so catchy. It, like it's a really, really good fucking EP. I'm very, very much enjoying it. So make sure to check out Servitude. There'll be a link in the description for this episode for their Instagram page as well as the EP as well. And I guess from my end, it's a miracle to get this episode out as the laptop that I normally record off broke uh, shortly after recording this. So then I had to re- take that laptop apart, get the hard drive out of it and plug it into another laptop. And then that laptop broke about a week later because it's about 10 years old. So <laughs> hopefully we're back soon, properly doing these episodes on a regular basis. But um, yeah, if you like that episode and want to hear more just like it, uh, please give the podcast a follow on Instagram or Spotify or wherever you see it. it greatly helps me out. And uh, yeah, thank you so much for listening to the whole episode. We'll be back again for another one very shortly. And I hope you have a good week. Thank you very much and goodbye.